Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your morning and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal took on a deflated Chelsea side who, who've been struggling for goals and struggling for points. And, you know, if that 10 points that Tuchel never got for them at the start of the season, the guys could have probably been relegation candidates. Yeah. I mean, yes, clash of the evidence with Arsenal trying to, you know, get the title challenge, you know, back on track. Well, I mean, Chelsea were looking for form, any sort of form. Because, I mean, when I was going through the, the numbers, I mean, they were on, like, what was it? Wasn't it a five or four straight defeat streak in the in the Premier League alone? So, I mean, they woefully, woefully out of form. So, Arteta Ranga changes, uh, TVO in for holding, Jorginho in for party, and Trossard in for Martinelli. What's your thoughts on the squad lineup? Yeah, it was good changes. I feel that. We need to do something different at the back, and I thought Kivio should have been given an opportunity. Um, Party also, you know, was woeful. I think I'm happy with Jorginho coming there. And then, you know, left back, I would have thought that maybe Tierney could have given a shout. Um, but yeah, glad to see also Trossard was back in the squad. Um, There's also something I wanted to ask you. Um, Do you think also these ringing of the changes? Came also like three or four weeks too late. Yes. No, I thought I thought about it too late, and like I'll discuss it as the game went on. Like you, you saw various differences, but I do think that this should have been done way sooner. I mean, things should have been, you know, for me, I think already. Um, party should have been maybe pulled off after that West Ham game. Yeah. In terms of making a mistake like that and costing us points, I mean, he did the same thing against Southampton where he gave away silly free kicks in Chenko, you know, getting nutmegged against um, Liverpool, um, Zinchenko getting out jumped at the back post by, you know, it was just, and, 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 like, I think you also see in the private message, like the mistakes that was been happening in individual areas. So, you know, those things, coach. You can't coach for, but what you can do is pull that specific players out and just kind of, you know, reset. Yeah. So, um, Aubameyang gets the game underway um, in the first minute. Uh, fourth minute, Jorginho lost a pass forward. The Chelsea defence, always like at six and sevens as the ball comes over, dealing with the high ball. Aspilicueta ends up trying to hit the ball back to Kepa. It's also badly underneath. Shaka ends up intercepting, but he's soft while he ends up crashing off the legs of the keeper. And Arsenal nearly make a, a quick, uh, you know, quick breakthrough. Yeah, you could see that this Chelsea side was very sluggish and kind of playing into Arsenal's hands. And, you know, you you kind of wish that this game maybe came sooner, you know, maybe it came at the time which was to play Southampton or whatever, because... Yeah. The, the Chelsea side just didn't have any desires. Like, they're playing for absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like they're just going through the motions and the players don't look hungry at all. Yeah. Then, uh, sixth minute, Zinchenko ends up sloppy on the ball. Kante ends up bouncing on the, you know, the, the error by Zinchenko. He, uh, Kante ends up feeding Sterling, but, I mean, Sterling is also in a sort of woeful form. And his decision making is shocking and Ramsdale ends up collecting the ball. Yeah, no, just another eye-opener for us again that Zinchenko is not sound defensively. Always thinks it to be kept tight. I think he's... I mean, I'm not saying he's a terrible player. I mean, he's had fits and starts in the season where he's done really well, but there is a time and a place when somebody's not doing well. He just needs to be pulled out of the fiery line a bit. 
Mm. And, you know, yeah, the reset as well. But, I mean, it's like the same thing has been happening, making the same mistakes, putting us under constant pressure, unnecessarily, that is. Yeah. Um, then, 15 minutes, Trossard slings across in, and Jesus ends up getting between both centre-backs of Chelsea. And Pau's a shot that the keeper manages to first hold on, but then almost like ends up spilling. Arsenal suddenly really up the pressure now. Yeah, no, you can see you're turning up the screw and a goal is waiting to happen. Then uh, three minutes later, Xhaka ends up rolling a simple pass across the Chelsea box. Odegaard comes in on the run and nips in with a first-time shot, which goes in off the crossbar. One last. Yeah, very good goal, very good goal. I was happy you know, to just get off the, the mark and you know, score the goal. One nil to Arsenal. I think, you know, you just had a feeling that more goals were coming because Chelsea just looked woeful. And I mean, it's also something that Arsenal that was somewhat different in this game compared to the earlier matches. Um, there was no little, you know, trying to hold onto the ball or give it to somebody else. It was like, it's just a first-time thing. And that's what I always mean And I tell you also. Just keep it basic. I mean, you can turn on the style when you've got your sort of, you know, breathing space. But when it comes to, especially the earlier parts of a game, just be clinical with the chances that you do get. Yeah, no, keep, like to keep it simple. The basics wins the game. Basics wins wins matches for you. Not not these flicks and tricks. Then twenty twenty uh, fourth minute, um, Chelsea now finally starts you know getting a bit of position to the ball because I think even the, the fans also sound a bit relieved because for most of the part in that first twenty minutes they were just chasing chasing sh- shadows. But of course, Chelsea could, uh, with all the position, that they couldn't get behind the Arsenal lines as Arsenal were almost like barking. Even the off-the-ball runs, they were picking up all the Chelsea runners. So it was almost like getting even tougher for Chelsea to break through. Yeah, I know. Chelsea, I don't know, they just lacked ideas. Aubameyang was getting suffocated. <laughs> and, uh, like, he hardly saw any of the ball. Um, it was just, you know, Arsenal were waiting to get that second goal, but also... You know, needed to make sure as well that they keep the concentration because Chelsea could have also, you know, yeah. found the way back. Then 31st, the yeah, 31st minute, Trossard ends up opening up space for Xhaka. The Swiss international gets his head up and squares the ball again, low across the uh, Chelsea box. Sterling is like fast asleep and Odegaard ends up nipping in, in ahead of him and pass the ball, pass Kepa in the Chelsea goal, 2 0 Arsenal. Yeah, you know, 2-0 hasn't made me feel comfortable the past few games, so I was kind of hoping we would get number three. But, you know, good goal again, and Odegaard, you know, finding the back of the net. It's, you know, I think he's also in double figures now. Um, oh, he was always in double figures. Well, what, what is he earning? Like 13 goals, 12 he's goals. second highest goal scorer now for us. So, you know, you kind of just wish you had a, a 20 to 25 goal striker even leading the line and the massive difference we would have had. I mean, we've always been complaining about him, but we're getting not enough goals. But, you know, there we have it. The wingers and midfielders are doing the job. Yeah. Now you need a striker that's going to vary about 20 to 25 goals for you. Yeah, that's very, very true. Uh, then, uh, 34th minute, uh, Ben White gets a deep cross off, which finds... Xhaka at first, the Chelsea defence, of course, partially blocked it, but I mean, it's also total chaos in the Chelsea box. The ball ends up breaking towards Jesus, who ends up smashing the rebound in 3-0 Arsenal. Yeah, I felt a bit comfortable after that goal, and I was hoping, is it going to be four or five? Let's go. Like, you know, let's just kind of turn up the screw and get the morale up, because 
I think this was one of the first games in a while that I was watching. You know, I was happy we scored, but there wasn't that, you know, the raw emotion just yet where, you know, you're celebrating, you know, when everything of goals prior to the kind of leaky run we've had, you know, where you actually celebrated almost every goal, the importance of it. But now it's just a kind of, you know, just get the job done and get the points. Yeah. So second half, uh, Chelsea came out looking more confident. Uh, they also, on the side note, subbed Aubameyang for others because I think Aubameyang was just getting no space away from uh, Kivio. Yeah, I know. And, and there's a difference, Kivio. Like, like I'm sure if, if Rob Holding and the Slate team had to come up against Kivio, I'm sure we would have we would have probably been under some sort of threat. But Kivio was snapping him out. He was faster, almost he was stronger. He was... He, he seemed angrier, and his other position on the ball was, you know, second to none. I mean, he, he didn't seem uncomfortable playing on the right-hand side of defence. And, and I think what I liked as well, he was always using his initiative with the, with the ball. Like, look, when they were trying to pinpoint that long balls towards Aubameyang, normally I think holding is somebody that was going to stand and watch the ball before it drops in. And they were, he was actually attacking the ball at that point where it's about to, you know, come towards... Uh, Aubameyang, so he's almost like intercepting everything just before it's arriving to Aubameyang, and that is why he ended up uh, leaving Aubameyang almost like isolated, like way for for Chelsea now, where they didn't really have a target man because everything was getting snuffed out by Kivio. Yeah, so yeah, that was top notch. I just thought the Arsenal were going to put their foot on Chelsea's throat, you know, to kind of just completely just demoralize him. I mean, there's been times when you know when Chelsea's put five past us or six past us. Yeah. You know, and I thought this is the moment where we can actually, you know, repay some of that hurt that they've done to us over the years. That is something, you know, you know, you know, but almost like opened up a wound that's always been bothering me down the years. And it's like, we've never really laid down like a real beating. I mean, look, we've taken five, we've taken six against, uh, you know, like Chelsea. We've taken constant like home and away, five or four against Liverpool. City, like, stuck three or four, five times against us. But when, when the thing comes, uh, when the health result gets flipped, we're always like sneaking like a 2-1 win over, say, City or something like that, or uh, beating Chelsea by, like, say, a two-goal margin. Because sometimes, I mean, I'm I'm fully like you, where I think, you know, just really put into sort of, like, set up like a marker where teams yeah. can't be us, like, you know, oh, shit, if you're going to, you know, go to toe with Arsenal, they're going to really destroy and demoralise you. And we don't have that. Yeah. It's not like we we, tie, we kind of take our foot off the gas at a certain scoreline, like three or whatever. But we don't just keep on and on. Because I think sometimes a lot of Arsenal fans, you know, wait for that sort of result. And I think the last time we see things like that happening, there's always like the last one or two games of the season when they really, you know, show, I'm going to put on the show for the fans. When there's like nothing there to play for, I mean... Like you said, Liverpool, you know, if they had to show that same intensity at 2-0 up, they could have easily put three or four in the first half and that game is done. But it's like this team almost like goes into a little shell. And, you know, maybe that's also a case of, and I'm not saying it either, but not having a ruthless enough striker who wants to get the ball in the back of the net. You know, do you, do you think a guy like Haaland, for example, will be happy just with, you know, 3-0, 2-0, and if there's opportunity to get more goals, you will want more goals. Yeah. Even like Salah, for example, you know, they don't stop at just that, they want more. 
Yeah, I mean, if you think of just that performance of, of Ireland as well in that, that Leipzig game, I mean, he could probably have, you know, taken his foot off the gas after going 3-0, after he got his hat-trick. But, I mean, you know, what was it? Five, he got in the game. Five well, goals, yeah. Yeah. So, um, 51st minute, Trossard ends up swinging in a corner. Gabriel attacks the ball. It goes off his shoulder and goal words, but Thiago Silva ends up clearing off the line. Yeah, that could have maybe been the one that opened the floodgates. Because 4-0, I think they had to come down completely. And it, it was just odd, relentless Arsenal just kind of uh, running the show and you're kind of waiting for that fourth goal to happen. Yeah, then for the third minute, Arsenal cranking up the pressure again. Chelsea can't deal with the Trossard corner and Gabriel ends up flicking the ball on. Beats everybody, the ball ends up falling to Jesus who goes in on the far post. Unmarked, but he ends up volleying over. And I mean, for me personally, a note I put there on the side was a bad miss. No, it was a bad miss. I mean, the commentators even said, like, yeah, I know they expected him to at least hit the target from that. And, and, and he has those misses in him. And, and it's been more and more, I think, after his injury, it's been more, I think, how can I say, it's more visible now because points have been dropped due to these misses. And, yeah. and, um, you know, if it was Nketiah, you know, we would have said, yeah, Nketiah, you know, those finishes aren't good enough. He needs to be, be more clinical. And, you know, it's, it's on the teams like, you know, it's, it's also missing glorious opportunities to, I mean, you know, a 3 nil up, this doesn't matter. But, I mean, what if the score is 1-1 or we're 2-1 down or it's 0-0 and you miss a chance like that completely. Sure. What, what that also reminds me of a lot when you see somebody like of that caliber and he's making an error like that, a miss like that. It's not like when you watch, like, um, say, under 10s or under 12s, whatever, playing football, and <laughs> they must the guts and the glory, and they want to have it, like, more spectacular than clinical. So they will want to throw themselves back and try to stab the ball in with their foot. Whereas, like, say, with, this, with Jesus, he should have just kept himself upright and almost, like, got himself over the ball, and it would have probably been a very, very simple finish. Yeah, no, and it would have helped his tally. You know, I mean, even if he gets to about 15 goals for the season, we might not be over the moon, but, uh, you know, maybe take 15 to 20 goals and strike his first team at a club if he can show that there's promise for more. Mm. But I mean, I, I still think that, that that ratio of misses, like if you think of a real frontline striker, it's way, way, way less than, say, what he's offering at the moment. Because... You, you can see, I mean, with Ireland, I mean, you can see the, the sort of uh, mindset of, of teams once he gets away from them. It's almost like you have to almost like do a couple of Hail Marys and even hope that something's going to come off right from your keeper or whatever to, to deny the guy of a goal because he's, he's finishing. I mean, look, he can destroy you with his head, left or right foot. So, I mean, how do you deal with him? And I think that's the sort of striker we should get where, not, I'm not saying it's like Ireland type, but I mean, somebody that, that gives a defender so much like headaches, because you don't know how you're going to have to approach this guy. And I think we, we almost like we've fallen into a trap where our four guys, even though the, I'm talking not just of Jesus now, but we're Sakai times and, and Martinelli. And okay, so I think the most unpredictable one for us is Trossard. Like, you know, yes, yeah. For, for me, everybody else is very predictable. Like, you know, Martinelli is in the first time to pull you to the touchline and then he's going to cut inside. And sometimes I think just take the ball and go inside and drive at the goal. But He's always doing that, and then he gets. By the time he goes wide like that, then he gets doubled up. And then he wants to turn it on and turn it on and turn it, and then it's, uh, it's just the most dead. 
like Tosso he gets the ball there. Like you can see actually sometimes when Tosso gets the ball, how the defender's eyes almost, you know, you can see like he's a bit panicked because he'll run at you, he'll run at you, he'll take you wide and then eat it with his left foot, even though he's a right-footed player or, you know, he'll just run directly, almost to cut in straight and you, but he runs in a straight line at you and there's almost like nothing you can do or he, he turns, he turns quickly and it's my turn through two players and he goes again. Because I mean, if you, and I just imagine that you bring a, a sort of striker that, that reads uh, a midfield, like a, look, a cam or a winger like him, where you know anything he's going to try to either give you a no-look pass or he's going to dissect the whole defence and if it's just through a simple, what you know, so that when he just like threads the ball perfectly through. So you're not going to get at the end of it, but you just need somebody that's going to, you know, bury the chance and not end up, you know, crashing the ball into the keeper or <laughs> who's like half-back passing the ball to a keeper. <laughs> uh, they do all that hard, you know. They do the hard grinding, and that, and then when the shot has to come off, you just the ball trickle to the keeper. And I think, then why did you bother with all that? I just hate the head holding after they miss. It annoys me, you know. And they hold the head, and like, this should have been a simple goal, man. But you know, Arsenal trying to try to trying to stamp the authority on the game, but they just couldn't find the back of the net. Then 56 minute Kepa denies Saka with his leg also, you know, trying to smother Chelsea, you know. Uh, 59th minute, I mean, personally, I did not like this. Uh, Trossard getting hold of Martinelli coming on. And I just... Yeah, me also. He's not doing anything really wrong. And uh, he showed also no signs of fatigue. So why? No. I just not take off of, of Saka then or somebody. Yeah, I take off Saka because Saka, you know, he's going to be your main man on Sunday. Unless, unless, and I could be under conviction, Arteta has plans for Trossard on the weekend. But I don't know why. I don't know if, he, if he's upset at Trossard or something, or like he just feels that Trossard maybe wasn't his first choice, but he just never ever gives Trossard a full game or yeah. gives him the 90 minutes he deserves. Because for me, and I mean, he, he doesn't maybe find the back of the net, but like for me, he's one of my. Favorite players, actually, one of the like, you know, the players that you know, the opposition fear. And I think because he's come from Brighton, you know, he, he's a player that has to always, you know, no matter who he plays, he has to bring his A game and has to struggle through it, you know, and, and, and take it by the scruff of the neck, you know, no matter what, because you know, there, there's no sort of support, proper support for him. And Arteta still takes him off and instead of giving this guy the, the, the freedom of. of of the Emirates now to destroy Chelsea because you 3-0 up, take Saka off, take his shoes off, let, let Trossard go because he's ready to go. Yeah. Then 61st minute, Zinchenko gives a ball to Kante again. Um, as Chelsea now bursts into attack, the Ukrainian then ends up recovering and he ends up managing to clear the ball away from Kai Alves. But I mean, again, simple errors that, that if you think, uh, like, well, if we do a rundown of the season so far, Moments like this, when he has these sort of lapses, can count, you know, not count, cost us dearly because every time, I mean, he's getting kind of away with it. And I think this is because it does feel like he has almost like Arteta's full backing. So Arteta will allow him and how many screw ups before he even reacts. I mean, he really takes a chink of a bit, he got punished, not punished, but dropped. Um, who else got holding or dropped? But, I mean, Zinchenko still finds his way in the starting lineup, And I think the problem is Arteta tries to, 
you play the same way all the time. You can't, I mean, I know you want to perfect this in way of playing, but Man City doesn't play the same way all the time. Yes, they have a style of play, but you'll see they'll mix it up. I mean, if they play Alvarez up top, they can't play the same way they play with Haaland. Or when the brain is missing, they play Alvarez almost as a second striker, but behind Haaland almost. But they don't play the same way they do with the brain. And I think Arteta wants Tierney to play the same way as Zinchenko when that's not his game. You, you just kind of alter your game slightly. Same thing with your forward line. If, if you have, you know, somebody else playing that's not necessarily suited for that position, you, you just alter, you tweak your formation a bit. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, 63rd, when the Saka ends up slipping in position, Chelsea bursts forward on the counter. Madueke ends up getting a pass from Kante. He then ends up taking the ball around Ramsdale. And as he has a shot across the goal, there's no Chelsea strikers or attacking players in, you know, in support. So, I mean, that chance just goes floundering for the Blues. Yeah, and he was one of the better players, actually, of, of the night. You know, he was trying hard to make things happen. You can see he's, he's still a bit up around the edge in terms of his touches and stuff like that. But... He's a, you can see there's a guy that, you know, playing actually for Charles. You know, he wants to be there with that. Like, a lot of other players don't look like they want to be there anymore. Yeah, then 65th minute, Kovacic ends up getting himself free in midfield and spreads the ball out to Madueke. Zinchenko, of course, doesn't read the, the ball, <laughs> off the ball run by Madueke. And by the time the Chelsea uh, attacking player ends up getting into the box, he ends up lifting the ball over there, advancing Ramsdale. And goal for Chelsea. I mean, that's not 22 goals conceded for Arsenal at the Emirates compared to Man City, who's only conceded 16 at the Etihad. Yeah, you see that 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 six goals that six goals difference. Was it 22 and 16? Yeah. That six goal swing. I mean, look how much points it could have could have saved us. I mean, look at Southampton three all. I mean. You know, the, the, only, the only clean sheet I can actually remember was the 0-0 draw against Newcastle and then that 5-0 thrashing of Nottingham Forest. Other than that, you know, we we just too leaky and open at the back at home. Yeah, and then 73rd and 74th minute, Arsenal take off Zinchenko, uh, bring on Tierney and then Saka off Nelson on. Um, 84th minute, Odegaard ends up testing Kepa, but I mean, the, the shot, is not that strong, and I mean, the keeper ends up getting his body behind the ball. Then, 85th minute, Arsenal make a double substitution. Gabriel Jorginho coming off, holding and party coming on. Then, uh, 95th minute, Xhaka has a pot shot at the keeper, but I mean, the keeper ends up, you know, palming the ball wide. So, the whistle goes three points to Arsenal after what was like a real terrible April. Yeah. Uh... Uh, I, I, it was probably the worst part of the season, which was like, you know, and that's why I don't even remember that before the international break, I still just needed a break from the season, hoping that, yeah. you know, things were going to get kind of better, but it just spiraled. It was like last season, I don't even remember when we went on that run where we lost, was it to Palace, Brighton, Southampton, or something like that, yeah. where we also came back from international break, just threw all the hard work away. Yes, we brought ourselves back into it, and then we threw it away with that spurt in Newcastle defeat. But, I mean, like, this run could have, like you said, did you ring the changes too late? I think so. I mean, Kivio should have maybe been coming in when we played against Southampton. You know, when it wasn't working, Trojinio should have maybe come in against Southampton as well. And 
you know you could look back on the season and 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 say you know that's typically you know two two more points i mean that you've you've, you've dropped against Southampton and and west ham for example it's it's four points gone that we should have had in the bank which would have you know put more pressure on city because right now the more the closer we're getting to the end of the season it's almost like cities the like a, like a mess up they allowed they're allowed to slip up you know now you know it's not going to matter the longer it goes on because you know we, we had to put the like like we always spoke about you know the start of the season you see that you know you can be in touching distance of city you know before the world cup you know good but it's like you know you, you just had to be like one one you know one slip away from city of um you know leapfrogging them and really put pressure on them because now they they have to play you know a Leeds united side that's this weekend it's it's desperate for points like you know and then they have to play real madrid everything is desperate for points in real madrid you know maybe that could be a very tricky patch there and you know we take on now newcastle and james park which i have truly nightmares of last season how he went there with a kind of disjointed squad because of injuries and oh, it was one of the saddest games for me as well. You know, you just with the top four slipping out your hand with the second last game of the season. Yeah, and I mean, that leads us now what you know, said Newcastle, the Arsenal match on Sunday. Um, look, the Magpies will fly high under Eddie Howe, and St. Yeah. James's Park has also become a fortress because they've only conceded 11 goals at that stadium for the season. And I think only Liverpool, did United beat in there was only Liverpool that I can think of. And uh, on the top of my head, I think United, uh, Liverpool actually just saw them off very quickly because they didn't allow them, you know, almost like they, that way that they were like, yeah, I would try to set them up. They almost like took advantage and that was now even before um, Nick Pope got sent off. They really took the game to to the Magpies and then and almost like saw them off quite early in that game. Oh, yeah, no, I see they beat United 2 and all that. That's in James' box. So, you know, they smashed Spurs. You know, City were very like, and, and how important that point could have been for City because I mean, you know, the City was three one down against Newcastle at at St James's Park, so you know, it's not going to be an easy game, and you know, this could kind of be that game that either goes for you, and you know, we keep on putting pressure on City, or you know, Newcastle just ends the title race, you know, once and for all, because I think if we don't pick up three points, you know. Not that I believe that, you know, we we still like you know the driving seat to win the title, but you know, like we said, you know, put a strong your best foot forward and if you can actually get, you know, maximum points till the end, you have to tell City you need to do the same. But if you know, if Arsenal go out there tomorrow oh yeah, tomorrow and you know, they get punished or drop points, it's it's over basically. You know, there's there's nothing to 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 look almost play for for the end of the season because you know you can't see City losing three games or drawing two and losing one. Because I mean, for me, it also tells a lot of, of when you heard Pep's press conference yesterday because he already told his team he wants to have a, a four point lead before Arsenal take on Newcastle, and that was like the aim now to probably now you know force the issue when it comes to the match today. But I mean, some of the, like what what's so frustrating. It's like, um, like with you know, with Arteta's way of, of of talking, he's always like kind of, I wouldn't say making excuses, but he almost like he kind of tries to pamper the team, and that instead yeah. of 
you know, just call that out like you see it, because, I mean, it, it's no use you're going to try to sugarcoat it. It's not going to make the players any stronger. Because I still think, you know, that, that case of what you say, tough love, you need to also be quite frank with the way. I'm mean, looking, you might do, do it in training, but sometimes you also need to make it known in public. I'm not saying you must, you know, drag people over the coals and it, but I mean, you can at least say a certain aspect of, you know, this is something must be uh, worked on, or this is where it was a big letdown and stuff like that. If you're going to keep on like, hiding the fact that is why you have a situation like that where you have certain games when all of us are for all hyped and not ever for a match, and then when the, the performance gets shown on TV or in the stadium, it's like a limp performance. And then that's being too long around Wenger, you know, Wenger always used to come out and say, no, the players tried and this and that. So I don't know if that's something that's, um, you know, there, but I think that's the team need to sit that step up and, yeah. you know, the Premier League is a strange place and not saying Leeds can go and win it at the end, but with with them looking, with, with, with um, City looking towards that Real Madrid game, and I think, you know, that Real Madrid game against City needs to kind of be a game where they one all down or 2-1 down, where, or even, you know, it's a close game because, you know, the fact that they need to be able to know that the next game is going to be also a struggle. And then they're coming up against a Sean Dyke side at Goodison Park um, that um, is also a very side that's, that's struggling and they need something. And, and Goodison Park, you know, could be rocking. And it's almost like, I, I know it's, it's all it's all each and much, but, you know, if, 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 if things can go your way and, and sit, you can slip up anywhere between now and, 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 and even the... the between Everton game, there, there will be nerves around the city side, especially with the Real Madrid game coming up and players looking towards a Champions League semi final. Because, you know, I don't know if it was Arsenal's problem was that they were looking at that city game all the time and they were stumbling, you know, leading up to it almost like when we um, went in a run where uh, after the before city we were also like hiccuping hiccuping and then after city we got out the way it's like the team was free flowing again and then it, almost with a few games to go before city it's like they started again with that you know throwing game the games away and now it seems like they played with a bit more freedom and hopefully we can carry it on against newcastle who, like you said you know has been real still at the back and I mean, one thing I just want to bring up again is like, you know what, what Fergie and, and Pip have showed us, no nice guy is going to be successful as a coach. Because yeah. I mean, these are cutthroat managers. And, and when people sometimes say, oh, yeah, you, you're like, you're kind of throwing the team under the bus or whatever. They have shown and they've proved, proved that when you act like a manager and not try to be like the father figure, you're going to get success. And I mean, that is why Alex Ferguson's uh, Premier League track record was, I mean, it's scary to look at when you think of how many, like, in the, the eight years of Wenger, how many times he came out on top. And the same, as the, the same thing plays out now with, with Pep and, and Arteta right now, or Pep and, and, and Klopp right now, because Pep won success at all costs. You don't care who's going to, you know, almost like if you can't keep up with the hiking group, whatever, and you're going to be left behind. So, I mean, yeah. he's going to take... To that, you know what they said, what you always like saying that the higher echelon or whatever, he's yeah. going to take that team that's going to go fight and, you know, grind and whatever, he's going to take you to the top. And if you're going to fall behind, you're just going to be left at the wayside. And yeah, no, and, 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 and
Yeah, yeah, go on. No, no, carry on, carry on. I think we had a bit of a carry that must be the that was be the mindset for next season for us. Either you're gonna stick with us and and us reach the peak where this team needs to be, or you're just gonna be fall and live by the wayside. Period. No, yeah. the nice guy. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. And I think it, it folded onto the pitch as well and, and and your opposition because I'm watching now. I've been trying to you know kind of watch these games now, hoping that somewhere there's gonna be able to slip up. But it's almost like the opposition are so scared of them. Like, I get so frustrated because when teams play Arsenal now recently, they like they feel they can get at us. They don't have that fear. They don't think yeah. they can, can, can come at us. I watched West Ham play City and they just seemed so, you know, lump. Like, yeah, they got to um, Nolan at half time. But they didn't create anything. Players won the running. The players won it. Fulham was probably one of the only sides that of late has taken a game to Man City. Other than that, it's just been really, you know, teams are just like giving them the points beforehand and it's quite frustrating. But another point you mentioned also, I mean, look at Arsenal's kind of number two striker, Aiden Ketia at the moment. You look at City's number two striker, that Alvarez. Yeah. Alvarez is, is, is like, you know, a, a guy who's won the World Cup now. He's, yes, he's still a bit, you know, rough around the edges as well. Like, he's not... Um, you know, but he's, he's picked up eight eight Premier League goals already, and it's been important goals. I mean, he scored the winner against Fulham. He got the penalty as well against Fulham, and he's always getting involved in goals. I mean, he also he went with the brain. I think was injured against um, was it the brain that was out, or the Haaland that was out, Haaland that was out against Liverpool. Alvarez did a job up top, and he and he was causing the defense um, problem. So. Arsenal need to kind of get that going as well, where the, the next in-line striker can give an equally as difficult job. I mean, he might not rack up the same numbers, but, I mean, look at a guy like Ivan Tony. How much goals does he have in the Premier League this season playing for Bradford? I'm not saying we must also, like, you know, push for him or whatever, but, I mean, he's, yeah, he's 27 years old, and if you had to give him an opportunity to play in the Premier League, he probably would grab it with both hands for Arsenal and to play Champions League. He would push on to probably, you know, even if he gives you 20 goals and when he has 20 goals for the season, I mean, how would that help now if our number yeah. nine gave us that? Yeah, because I mean, like, uh, somebody, like, with Tony also, the way, if you think of the way he's also, like, you know, he keeps his body and that he's somebody that they could easily give, like, you three or four good years. Because, I mean, he, he, he knows, you know, when he must do his runs, he knows... You know how he's gonna blink up play when he needs to hold up and whatever. And I mean that I think he's like all around in the in the Premier League. For me, one of the best English strikers along with Harry Kane. But I mean with Harry Kane, I think even though like with him, I mean every time you think uh oh, this is gonna be the season, whatever, so and so, Kane is still up there, he still has the speed, he still has the numbers in that that you need. Yeah, he's I mean Kane's the next guy behind Ireland. Obviously Ireland's a bit of a anomaly, but Kane at least what got 25, 26 goals for the season. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, how a guy like Tony would have helped us, you know, to, to give us also a plan, a plan B, you know, play a long ball that I can hold it up, hit the ball down. Just something else. You need something else as well in the Premier League. You can't just depend on one way of playing. And exactly. like you said, you know, even at, I mean, at Cachet, I watched him playing at United both in the semi-final and in the, the game now in the week where they beat United. And he really 
you know, past the game and he, like, I that one where he just nicked the ball off Fred and, and he got Brighton going again. We need somebody like that to also put pressure on party as well. Yeah, yeah. And then, yes, that's so true because I think that also ends up bringing the best out of Thomas party. Then you're going to probably see that Atletico Madrid type of party that, that, that everybody wants to ever play like that. So, yeah, so, so that's 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 it, but. You know, let's 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 hope we can pick up the three points. You know, and, and let's hope Sam Allardyce, I think he's at the helm now at Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope you know she can do something because he's not going to go there to the Etihad like the younger coaches and try to play. He yeah. knows what his team strengths are, and he's going to and he knows maybe Pep's looking for the the, the 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 Champions League. So you know, who knows what Sam Allardyce can 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 frustrate and hopefully. You know, can open some sort of door for us. All we can do is be positive right now and hope we can pick up Newcastle. Who knows? We could maybe be, you know, a point, two points behind City next week. Yeah, let's hope. Fingers crossed. So with that, uh, I'm gonna end the podcast. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Hopefully, you can enjoy the match tomorrow. Take care, guys. Keep it going. Come on, you Gunners. Cheers, guys. Let's get the three points. <laughs>